Welcome to another episode of Impropod. My guest today is Finn Hopkins. How are you doing, Finn? I'm doing well, thank you. Very well. I'm good. What's your relationship with improvisation? I guess it's the way that I have done music. I seem to be favoured more to doing a lot of improv and not so much writing. Like, I have got songs, but improv has been the course that my music has taken a lot more. My teacher taught me the basics on how to beatbox and then we went on a French exchange trip and just annoyed the whole bus for the whole thing, beatboxing and making up little raps. And I was like 12 or 13 or something, so. Great. And then the beatboxing led on to hip-hop. Yeah, a lot of the starting, I guess, was hip-hop, but then it led on to doing looping as well and doing looping solo and then you doing it with bands as well. Looping, you mean using a loop station? Yeah. Recording your vocals and beats and yeah. then okay, creating a rhythm and looping it. Yeah. I'm going to play you a piece of music mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me what that makes you think of, anything that comes to mind, mm-hmm. any sort of thoughts, images. Cool. Sounds good. had quite a vibe of someone walking in my mind a woman walking up the stairs and then at some stage turning into more of a ballet dancing up the stairs and then potentially venturing onto some clouds it's interesting how the idea of ascension as in climbing something like whether it's stairs or a mountain has often been a theme in this podcast when i play something oh really Are you up from telling me a story? And what I'll do is I'll break it down into sections and then I will improvise a soundtrack to it. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'll tell you a story about when I was in India and we ended up taking some acid, as you do. And we went up to go and watch the sunset from a bit up the mountain and then just thought, oh, this is incredible. And we just had this feeling that, ah. Oh, we're climbing this mountain tonight. Set off about one in the morning, trekked up, got very cold, stopped for a fire at one point, which was maybe not the best plan because it was like not much firewood up there and we got very cold. And then the sun rose, which is beautiful. And I was in hysterical laughter for hours. I'd knocked over the water twice, which is the only time I've seen my friend angry, Simon. 
And anyway, then we continued up and we'd run out of water, so we were just drinking rum. This isn't a suggestible thing, by the way, to any listeners. Anyway, and then we got to the top and then we ended up having no money, really. I was trying to barter with the people on top of this at base camp and on top of this mountain. And we walked back and we got back at five in the evening the next day. And I did it all barefoot and my feet were just full of thorns, barefoot and leggings and a T-shirt and that was it. <laughs> the walk back was so painful. Why didn't you have any shoes? It was just at a time in my life where I didn't really wear shoes at all. Wow. It feels good to walk barefoot. I've done quite a lot of trekking barefoot, to be honest. I thoroughly enjoy it. My feet are just like hard leather on the soles. So yeah. I don't really feel rocks and pebbles very much. It's like a nice massage, really. How did you feel when you started out on this journey? Was there a kind of excitement? Oh, there was lots of excitement, yeah. And not a second of doubt either. You've seen this mountain, you think, right, we're going to climb it. This Mm. is the mission. I think the thing is, we've been living there for probably quite a while, and we formed a band called The Conscious Cabbages, which was all about cabbagism and the faith of cabbagism. And we just sat around really smoking hash and playing music all the time. And it was the first time that I had climbed even a little bit of the mountain, and we'd been there for a month. Who knows, ever a time really, but I felt like it wasn't a good idea, and we were just drinking rum, and that's what we ended up only having. The acid by just after sunrise really was wearing off because we were getting progressively more and more drunk. Which, again, is not suggestible when you're walking up a mountain and at one point, like, fell asleep on the side of this mountain and they had to (laughs) slap me and get me to continue to the top. So, yeah, not the best move, really, but it was a story anyway. And how did you feel when you went to the top? Yeah, good, but also hungry. We don't really have enough money, so we had to, like, kind of barter, which I wouldn't usually want to do when you're on the top of a mountain. All the food, all the drinks, they had to carry it up there on a slightly more direct route. And it was terribly reasonable as well. It was reasonable prices, but we didn't have enough money for a meal each and water. But I feel like we brought a lot of entertainment as well. Usually the people they see up there, they've got all their gear, they might be on a tour or whatever. And so seeing these three people, I think we might have all been wearing leggings because, I don't know, I definitely was anyway. With the conscious cabbages, we'd wear cabbage leaves on our heads and leggings. We weren't going on the walked path. We are going some other random way, but us just, like, appearing out of the foliage, three drunk people that had been up all night, coming and trying to bargain and see if we can get, like, some water with our food. All right, music time then. So, I'm going to break it down. We've got the beginning, this exciting journey that you're about to take on and then you've got this this weird bit of the campfire and then drinking too much and a slight sense of drunkenness and kind of a bit disorganized and then you've got getting to the mountain and this sense of achievement i'm guessing but also mixed with a bit of guilt and not quite knowing what's going on i definitely didn't feel any guilt at the time all right here we go
Nice. So, so what did you think of that? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Did that reflect your journey in any way? I feel like it did, but that stumbly bit where it was a bit janky at the end, I thought that was the bit when we were like, oh, shit, we're too drunk. But then it didn't go back to the like, oh, yeah, we made it to the top. But apart from that, yes. You know, I was trying to get a sense of the ridiculousness <laughs> yeah. when reaching the top, which you may have interpreted as the drunkness before. In my mind, I'm breaking it down into bits yeah. and estimating it, the emotion that you were experiencing and then trying to turn that into music in the nanosecond. Simple, mate. <laughs> Weirdly, when I was playing the, the beginning part, the mountain, the actual shape on the piano is like a triangle, which is the shape of a mountain, which I nice. thought was a ridiculous coincidence. So D major, when you play it in root position, has this shape. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. So you are for telling me another story then? Yeah. So I was living with some friends. We travelled to Gokana. And then we were living in the jungle and we were living there for two weeks and we built this real beautiful tree house. It's someplace called Paradise Beach and it used to be various different sort of places you could stay and also restaurants and stuff, but quite basic. And then the Indian government were like, oh, this is a place for natural habitat. And so they knocked all the stuff down. But then now they're building a five-star hotel just up from it. And they cut down so much rainforest to build it. So essentially what it meant is the people who have the money are going to treat this as their own private beach. But what it meant was is there was all these bits dug out of the cliff around this sea. And people always went down there and would just build all these different places that they would be able to live. Lots of Indians and also lots of travellers. Such an awesome vibe down there. But we were there in the season where there wasn't really anyone down there because it was like near monsoon season. So it was just us for pretty much all of it. And we were just up on the cliff and had this beautiful campsite. And then, yeah, built this really nice treehouse. It was my birthday. And it was the most beautiful that some of my friends have ever made my birthday. It was just, they all got me like this gift and wrote happy birthday with sticks on the table. And it was like so beautiful. And then they left, I think the next day, actually. They wanted me to come with them, but I was like, why would we leave? We're like literally in paradise and we have a treehouse on the beach. And then they left. The next day, the monsoon rain came and it was crazy, proper like monsoon, like thunderstorm, like, and I was just in this treehouse by myself on this beach. <laughs> oh, shit. And then I had to build a roof over it because at that time it was made of palm fronds. So I built this roof. And just when you're like in the jungle and building stuff by yourself, it's just like such a different experience. And like that experiencing feeling lonely as well. I've grown up in a family of six people and there's always people around. I've always had lots of friends. So it can be like, ah, just you in the jungle with no one around. Such a thing. But yeah, then I started getting really ill and like really itchy and got this like rash where I get like, more my skin started blistering and going red. And then I got these like big lines, almost burn lines. And then at one point I was just like, I just feel like I need to get out of the woods. So I walked for like an hour over all the cliffs to this other beach and went to the first place where I knew two of my friends like were staying, some of the friends. 
No, I was like, oh, can I stay here? And they're like, oh, no, sorry, we're closing up. Like, we don't have any spaces because we're packing down all the rooms for monsoon season. And I was like, okay, shit. Okay, and then I went on and then went to this other place. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, we have rooms. Have you got your passport, though? I'd left my passport with all my other valuables in a little plastic waterproof bag hidden under leaves in the jungle. So I was like, oh, shit. The sun set at this point. It's an hour away. I was like, oh, shit. So then I like went back and just pleaded with these other people if I could stay there. And then my friend, I was like, oh, you can sleep on this table, like in the restaurant area. And I was like, okay. And then like, I went to bed and I woke up like butt naked on this table. This dog, had, I was wearing like a sarong, a lungi is what they call it, but like the sarong that the dog had ripped off me in my sleep and was like ripping up on the ground, butt naked, just covered in this rash. I think that was a real realization moment of, i got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so then I like went back, packed all my stuff up, and then got on the bus and then went to Bangalore and got injected by various different things, and they sorted me out. <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah, it's quite an elaborate story. So I'm going to go for a Dilic situation. Brains come, friends go home. You need to get the hell out of there. You do this sort of wandering journey, loss of passport, waking up in this bizarre situation. <laughs> okay.
Did you feel that reflected your story? Yeah. Did you get the rain? Yes, I did get the rain, yeah. And did you get the sense of the suddenness that happens, the monsoon? It's not like when it rains here. Oh, no, it's a whole different vibe, isn't it? It's like... That's more of a drum and bass rain. That is more of a British thing, to be fair, but... Did you get the sense of loneliness as well? Yeah, for sure. Which is just lots of space, minor, slightly discordant. How do you think that piece of music could be improved? If we were making a film, say, about this adventure of yours, and I was the composer, and I played you that, it's like a... First draft. First draft. I don't know, This is perfect. Because it's really hard, because my perception of something can be quite different to your perception. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need some serious foley, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Of course. I'm not expecting the sounds of rustling trees and the occasional monkey. <laughs> Although it'd be great if you did. Yeah, I mean, you would be pretty impressed if I came up with a whole soundtrack. It's just like that. And, yeah. Sound effects. Come on, mate, step up the game. <laughs> I know you got some chimp noises in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, don't want to bring out the chimp noises. <laughs> So what did you get out of this podcast? Well, it's always very nice to see and hear you playing the kid the piano. It's always nice to tell stories. With improv, it's amazing to see how a mind can work so on the spot. It's such a well-oiled machine that you're just given a little bit of something, you're just like, oh, shit, and you can just get straight in there. So what you're saying is that you can give me a little bit of information, say, the rain on this beach or this sense of loneliness or something, mm. and then... There's a lot more information that comes out of the improvisation. I'm, I'm essentially making a lot more stuff up than you've given me, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess that's the other thing, isn't it? If you gave this same task to lots of other musicians, probably all the work would be so different. It's amazing as well how we would imagine things. And like you're saying, you'll probably play a piece and people will guess what the story is. And I'm sure it'll be very different because we have our brains and they figure it out and they make a certain way of it making sense. I think it's clearer for some people than others. Like the other night at the launch, the podcast launch, the piece I played at the beginning, someone in the audience said it reminded them of like melting chocolate. And then another guy said it was a bird, a blackbird landing on something. It was like, something really specific to do with the bird as well. And I'm thinking, this is the same piece of music. <laughs> How does this work? It's quite amazing, isn't it? Like, humans are just so different. Their brains are all so different, really. Yeah, well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Not at all. It's been very insightful. Yeah, it has. Thank you for having me. Join us next time for another episode of Impropod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.